Welcome to the Athena Wellness Podcast, the show that invites you to take a seat around the community fire and listen to stories that inspire. I'm your host, Kathy Robinson, author, coach, and founder of Athena Wellness, a company that's dedicated to supporting you on your journey to live more wholeheartedly. Hello, and welcome to episode 112. Thanks so much for joining me for the shortened Wellness Wednesday episode, a little midweek boost to help keep your warrior vibe high. Today I'm joined once again by Hannah Whitcomb, an osteopath, certified nutritionist, and weight loss coach. During this discussion, Hannah shares some insight into what emotional eating is and how to take steps to manage it. And now on to the show. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Once again, I'm joined by osteopath and nutritionist Hannah Whitcomb. Welcome back, Hannah. Thank you so much. It's nice to be back. In our last conversation, we were talking a little bit about some of the psychology around eating, and I'd love to get your thoughts on emotional eating. What is it and how does it develop? Okay. So emotional eating in a broad sense is eating outside of hunger. Let's start with a really loose definition. I think we most often associate emotional eating with sadness. And I think that that's the most common reason for emotional eating. However, we would like to say that emotional eating is eating in response to anything that's not hunger. So it could be boredom, it could be tiredness, it could be anger, it could be a habit as well, because that's very comforting. And so it's a process that usually develops, particularly in ladies, it will develop quite early on. So usually around 11 or 12, there are some sort of emotional eating patterns being set up. And that's often because we're comforted with food. Food is very nurturing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Eating is an emotional process. It's how we connect. It's how we're shown love, maybe by caregivers. But emotional eating can become dysfunctional when we stop seeking other solutions to um, our emotional needs. and We just try and suppress the feeling with food and that's when we really when we refer to emotional eating uh, what we're talking about is dysfunctional emotional eating and dysfunctional emotional eating is not only bad obviously for for the physiology because we're eating outside of hunger but it's also bad for the psychology and wellness because we're not looking at the areas of our emotional health that we need to be looking at Mm, okay and then how can we begin to work with it So it sounds like the first thing is some sense of awareness. How do we become aware? And then how do we work with it to bring it more into alignment? So I think journaling is a really important part of the process. But something I think is really um, takes a lot of practice and it's not going to be fluid straight away, but there's a really simple technique to use with emotional eating and actually to to sort of start with some people don't even realize they're doing it so you say emotional eating and they're not even that aware so you're right awareness is is definitely part of the process but every time you go to eat you just have to ask yourself quite simply if you're hungry just ask yourself just say am I hungry now if the answer is yes go ahead and eat. If the answer is no, you might want to then explore that a little bit further. Okay, well, I'm not hungry. I know I'm not hungry because I ate dinner an hour ago. So what's going on for me? Am I bored? Am I lonely? Am I angry? And then you'll start to really try and explore the the reason that you want to eat behind it. And then after that, you can then start to think, well, how else could I satisfy that 
emotion or what else could I do? It might just be writing about it. It might be calling a friend. It might be having that difficult conversation that you've been putting off. But whatever it is, try to go there first. And then after that process, if you really still want to go and eat, go ahead, do it. But keep coming back to the process because over time it will minimize. And it's not to put extra stress on you to say, right, you know, if you go through that process, you can't eat if that's your choice. But keep coming back to the process and really asking yourself about it. Mm. It's funny because it sounds so simple, but to put it into practice and do it, yeah, there really is a discipline to that. And to be able to find the pattern. Absolutely. Because right? it's buried. It's buried in all of this other stuff. And we're busy and we're stressed and whatever is on our plate, no pun intended at the time, <laughs> can almost derail You know what's really going on for us. I would try to do this from time to time just to get a sense because, again, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. So mine is less emotion and more that habit of yeah. it's this time I have to eat. <laughs> and so taking a step back and saying, well, are you hungry? One of the tips that I found to be really helpful is ask yourself if something like an apple or a piece of celery, if that's what you're craving. And if the answer is yes, you're probably hungry. I love that instead of reaching for the candy bar, right? Or whatever <laughs> yeah. else might be, whatever else is disguised as a candy bar, be it a protein bar or a shake or, or what have you, so. right? Yeah, that's a brilliant tip, I think. And actually that again, when we sort of look at um, intermittent fasting and how intermittent fasting helps is because it gives you that experience of what real hunger is and you start to change your choices because you get to the end of a fast and once you've sort of gone through the adaptation, you don't really then crave the the candy bars or whatnot you really want to have as much nutrition as possible because you've had this period of fasting and I think that coming back to your little test of celery or apple that is such a simple practical tool for people to use am I really hungry would I eat the apple if the answer is no do the work yeah yeah and you know it hunger is so deeply ingrained in us maybe it's from our hunter-gathering times I don't know But just this sense of scarcity of, well, what happens if, and if you just relax into that process, but it does take some time. How long did it take you to get comfortable and to feel like intermittent fasting was a lifestyle rather than this thing I do? Yeah. So that probably, I can't remember the exact timeframe of adaptation for me, but I think that after about oh, after six months, I was very comfortable with it. So it wasn't a huge process. It just became something I did. Six months would have been the maximum time frame. It might have been a bit shorter than that. But yeah, it just became natural. And what happened as well is that after that six months, it became almost strange for me to do the opposite. To then eat in the fasting period, I felt like I was missing something because I knew I was missing all those benefits (laughs) and I knew I was missing out on my fasting period. And, you know, we are creatures of habit and it became my new habit and anything can become your new habit. So I think they say it takes 21 times and I think it's going to be different for everyone. But 21 times is a rough number to form a new habit. And I think that if you look at it that way, yeah, it's just practice. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. And I think that gives our listeners some permission that this is something that you play with, that you experiment with, and you find what works for you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Well, again, I can't thank you enough, Hannah. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. It's been lovely. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for joining me today. I know there are many ways you can spend your time. Thank you for choosing to spend it with me. Until our paths cross again, be kind to yourself and show your warrior spirit some love. If you know anyone who could benefit from today's episode, please pass it on. And many thanks for supporting the show by subscribing and leaving a review. It means a lot and it helps others find their way to our circle. If you'd like to access the show notes, have a question you'd like addressed on a future episode, or would like a transcript of this episode, visit www.athenawellness.com slash podcast. Until next time, be well.